My name is Hindel Grossman. I'm a divorce attorney, the owner of a law firm called Grossman & Associates LTD located in Newton, Massachusetts. Welcome to Inside Divorce, a series of podcasts on divorce-related topics. Today we're talking to Ellie Marshall, who's an award-winning certified business and executive coach. Her business name is Intrepid Business Advisors, and Ellie helps business owners and executives reach their goals and try to recognize the blind spots to achieve better success in their business. Today, however, we'll be talking about how Ellie helps clients get through divorce. You know, I'm big on goal setting, game plan, strategies, etc. But if you're out there playing with one set of goals and strategies and you don't know that one person is handicapped, that's going to affect the whole team and the whole business. We're going to be exploring some new ideas, how the executives and the business owners can best manage their personal issues while managing their business to achieve success both personally and business-wise. So good morning, Ellie. It's great to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you. I'd love to know more about your coaching business and how you help clients see their blind spots to achieve their goals. Okay. Do you have clients who are going through a divorce, for example? Actually, right now I do have one. Uh huh. I do have one client. And what happens in the uh, client-coach relationship is you become very close very quickly because business owners or executives are lonely people. They are at the top or they're in a very competitive environment and they really can't let their hair down or just talk they with someone. They can't share. Yep, uh-huh. they cannot share. And so besides strategy, et cetera, I will be the first one to get the call. Oh my God, I just got hit with divorce papers. Ah, okay. So you might know before a lot of other people know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So explain how your coaching works uh, if you're handling someone who's going through divorce, for example. Well, the first thing I tell a client is we need to meet. We need to have a session just to discuss this. Quite frankly, uh, I want to get it out, hear what he has to say, because that just helps in general. Then let him take or her take a breath and really start strategizing about the business because the business is a living entity. It has to keep going. So I, I would say 70% of my business is working with the owners themselves or partners. And we'll sit down and literally strategize. We'll make a timeline. How are we going to deal with this? When will we tell the team? When will we tell the other partners? It's important because I believe that open and honest communication is very important in any company. How do you feel about that? I think that's a really great idea, but I think I agree with you that managing the information is important. Exactly. So if you're handling, um, your, your typical client is an executive or some le- business leader, is that right? Yeah, a, a partner, an owner, ex- yeah, exactly. Okay, and is your strategy different depending on whether your client, your, your coaching client is an executive of the company or an owner of the company? Yes, very different, very different. Mm-hmm. And um, it would also, I mean, talking about divorce, how they handle that situation would be different. So it, let's, it's two different roads. So if you're an owner, you are the, the top of the pyramid. You have all the power, everybody looks up to you, and for better or worse, you call the shots. People in an office are very sensitive. Um, 
even, and when I say owner, they could be, I work a lot with partners. They could be partners in a law firm. I have a lot of accounting clients, et cetera. So if you are a partner, at some point in time, you did get into this relationship because you felt that they were trustworthy advisors that you could work off each other. It is important to tell your partners. Okay. So I, in a business setting, if one partner is getting divorced, you think it's important to no, notify the other part? Yes. When you feel comfortable. You know, I, I think, and you're going to have to address this, um, people might go through all kinds of different stages at the beginning. So what do you find when they find out they're getting divorced or that they have been, you know, are finding out they're being divorced? Well, I often describe divorce as a part-time job. So if someone's already working full-time, um, and or they're an owner or a partner of a business, I mean, this is a, divorcing is an extra burden, and it's very distracting. So as you just said, people, are, the staff is observant, and I imagine quickly they observe that their boss is, you know, is not uh, present all the time, not that responsive, maybe absent, physically absent a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, things aren't getting done as quickly. Right. There's just going to be a change of tone in the office as a result. The person may be you know, upset, depressed, mm -hmm. uh, medicated, and those are a wide variety of reactions people have while they're going through the divorce process. Exactly, so if we're talking about, let's start with partners. We're talking about partners. They're partners because they wanna have each other's back. That is the heart of the company. So it is important for them to talk to the partners and have a game plan. I'll sit down with partners and talk about, well, let's say Jane has to be out maybe three half days more in the next three months. How can you guys cover? What's the strategy? So we really start shifting the work around so Jane does not have the regular burdens she normally would in the office and the other partners can pick up. If it's an individual owner, you know, it honestly works best if his or her assistant can help and pick up some of the, the burden because they're usually the gatekeeper, keep the schedule, et cetera. And we want to, you know, I just say to them, you, might, you just might have to cut back. You can't keep a lot of balls in the air because something's going to fall. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he or she is ready, tell the senior staff because it, it works better in a company if you know I'm big on goal setting game plans strategies etc but if you're out there playing with one set of goals and strategies and you don't know that one person is handicapped that's going to affect the whole team and the whole business so it seems to me that you really believe in transparency and you believe in um, you know, putting the divorce information out there so that everybody can react to it and, and a plan to deal with it. Yeah, and I wouldn't say react, I'd say plan. Uh -huh. uh, I find the better that you are equipped to plan and uh, deal with your business, the better it runs. Now, I am, let's repeat, I am talking about private owners, partners that own their own companies. Slightly different than if you're in a corporate environment and you're more of an employee. Uh-huh. And so how do you treat that situation? Yeah, you know, it depends on the situation. There are, I would say, what most people try to do is keep it to themselves as long as they can. You know, they try to keep it together, work out strategies, really look at their work and try to push or, in a way, it's 
it's not so bad because one of the things I do in coaching is I say, you don't need to do this job. This is a low level job. Get it off your plate. Get it off your plate. Well, this actually forces them to do this so that they have more time to work on the higher strategy uh-huh. uh, items and also to address their personal divorces. And that will be okay for a while. And then at some point they are going to either have to speak to their boss and or the people under them. It really depends on where they are in the corporation. Most of the people, actually right now, I have a client She's a very senior accountant in New York City, and she's just about to go into a divorce. And so she realizes that she is, in her situation, she's very good friends with a senior partner. So she would tell him first, and then they would work out a game plan. So it's going to be a little more case by case in that instance. But at some point, if you don't look to other people to assist you, it can really backfire. Imagine in some way it's a team building exercise too, because everyone, you know, let's say a great percentage of people at any entity will go through a divorce. You know, 40 to 50% of people will go through a divorce. That's true. Or some personal issue. It could be the death of a parent, it could be illness, it could be a variety of different things. And so if everyone is helping each other at the business because they've disclosed a little bit of their personal life, maybe that ultimately makes the company stronger. It does. You, people are, we're humans. We are sort of programmed to be together in groups and work together. Yes, there can be, always be conflict, but you want to, I would say at some point, lay it out so you can create, here's the point, create strategies so that you can move the business forward. So, and again, sometimes it's you're not gonna do four goals this year, you're gonna execute three goals, but do them very well. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine because the person who is going through that situation is going through a lot and other people need to step up to the plate. And that's really what this is all about. You, you just redistribute some of the power and what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's why it is better to be at some point more transparent. I guess by transparent, it means, I'm not sure what that means. I mean, uh, disclosing that you're, A, you're going through, a, per, a person's going through a personal transition is one thing right keeping people apprised of it along the way is probably too much information that's right very well put no i think you make the announcement yeah sort of like um i'm gonna have a baby now with a baby you see the baby coming but that's the transition so people prepare they uh shift responsibilities they know you know that she might be out of the office a little bit more because she's uh going to the doctor same Thing. It's better to deal with it that way because we can pre-plan. Yeah. If we're always going to be going to a meeting and then someone doesn't show up at the 11th hour, that's when you're going to burn bridges with clients and you're going to have problems. It all seems so simple when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I lay things out with clients very strategically. And one thing I do, it's the end of the year, is we do yearly planning. So we pre-plan for 2018. And then I break it down into quarters. So we do also quarterly planning because you have to move faster. So it is something that would literally be on the calendar as far as time, who's going to accomplish, who's going to do what by when. 
because then it gets done. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I want to take that back. It doesn't seem simple. It just seems wonderful and makes perfect <laughs> sense um, when you explain it that way. That just planning um, and being strategic makes a business operate better, even when the leaders are going through and or other staff are going through personal issues. Right. Including divorces. Right. Yeah. And I've been called on all sorts of issues. And it's really the best way to deal with it because in a perfect world, none of this happens. Mm-hmm. But it's not a perfect world. No, in fact, I find it more imperfect than perfect. Right? <laughs> you count on things being more imperfect. You know, often in divorce cases, the employer gets served with a subpoena mm-hmm. for employment right. records. And so really the employee or the owner really needs to disclose to at least somebody, probably the HR department or the, the part of the business that handles the employment records, right. that that subpoena might be coming. Right. And it usually, the subpoena usually asks for work history, uh, earnings, mm-hmm. compensation packages, health insurance coverages, whether the, the soon-to-be ex-spouse will be covered after the divorce under right. the, fam, you know, the business plan, health mm-hmm. insurance plan, you know, things that are, are important pieces of information but might be embarrassing if right. the employee's uh, company gets a subpoena and the employee hadn't dis- or the owner hadn't disclosed it ahead of time. Right, and how does that really look? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, you get a bad feeling in your in your mouth. You say, wow, this person didn't share that with me. They didn't feel that I would understand. So it does come back and haunt either the owner or the executive. Um, I'm not saying run in there every day and be dramatic, but you know, it's better to work out some sort of plan. I also have situations, I had it, it was probably three years ago where a gentleman was going through a divorce and he had a very emotional wife and he had to tell his team she could not, he had a restraining order, she could not be in the building because she wanted to come in and take art off the wall. Mm. Now, you don't think that's a big deal, but this was a very large, prestigious law firm. And that's the last thing you want when clients are coming in and out to have some person lifting artwork off in the middle of the day because that's what she had threatened. So sure, everybody, you know, everybody sort of needs to know to protect the mothership. And the mothership is not the owner, it's the company. Once again, the company has to be protected. He is the uh, person who owns it or the partners, but the company is the bread and butter for everybody else. Right, and often the company or the ownership, you know, the spouse getting divorced, if an owner, that ownership interest is an asset of the divorce. So it becomes something that's looked at under a microscope exactly. and kind of investigated and documents are requested about the company, not just about the individual's compensation, about, but about the company earnings right. and assets. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's fine because then, you know, if that's the day that that has to happen, this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. They come in, no big deal, sort of like a tax audit. Okay, it's going to be maybe a little disruptive, but this is fine. That's a lot better than having people show up at the door and ask for documents where everybody's like, oh my God. For sure. Really normalizing things that aren't normal. Yeah, and dealing with them. Yeah. You know, you can't bury certain things under the carpet because it'll boomerang back to the business. So as an executive coach, how do you motivate a client to disclose personal things? I mean, I understand the the logic behind it and the reason behind it. It makes perfect sense as we're talking about it. But, you know, some people are private and embarrassed and humiliated or a variety of different emotions. So how do you get them through that? Um, Well, you just lay it out. 
you say, would you give them an A or B scenario? What would you like? Would you like to have someone show up and demand all these papers and nobody know? Would you like to just keep going away from the office and, and being really secretive and then rumors start? Or, we're, again, it's not going to be a big dramatic thing. It's going to be a basic statement. This is what I'm going through, as if you had an illness or something else. We need to make adjustments accordingly for the next couple months. And if you deal with it like an illness, like a pregnancy, just matter of fact, so they're not getting into the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're getting into this is the situation I am going through now. Right. So it's, it's not getting into every little he said, she said. That's not part of you know how we would work yeah, with a client. That makes sense. So on the timing of when to disclose, do you have any suggestions about when that's right? It's really up to the owner or the partner. Now if he's bearing it and really getting stressed out and it's going on months and he tr- has to be in three places at once, then I would say, you know, you got to step up and talk because this is killing you, you know, and you can't be three places at once. But there is no set timetable. Obviously, the way I'm speaking, it would happen more upfront versus waiting till the end. So to ask you a question, how long does an average divorce, average, and I know that's a Mm -hmm. wide range, divorce take Mm -hmm. these days? Here's my philosophy about that. The divorce just by itself because of court scheduling issues could easily take a year. Sometimes getting a trial date can take six months. And you don't even get a trial date until you're probably eight, nine, ten months into the divorce case. So as you can see, it would take more than a year. You can settle the case. A case can be settled at any time mm-hmm. in that period of time. So it could always settle and, and resolve sooner. Mm-hmm. But um, actually, one of my earlier podcasts is an interview with a, a former client named Jen. Mm-hmm. And her, the whole uh, focus of that podcast is the timing of the divorce. Mm. So while most people come to me and want to have it over with the next day, mm. because they feel like they'll be um, free of pain once it's over, mm. I try to explain it that is, they, you know, the pain doesn't stop necessarily on the date the divorce judgment, you know, a piece of right. paper is generated by the, by the court because you have to kind of live with your new circumstance. And what I prefer is that clients kind of live with what I call their new world order mm-hmm. for a while before they finalize the divorce so that they know what it's going to feel like and they right. have a better idea what their goals are. Right. Um, so if you were to identify like on day one, you know, I want mm-hmm. this and I want this amount of money and I want the kids to live here and I want this house or I don't want the house, those kind of things early on, your opinion might change mm-hmm. once you've actually dealt with the new parenting plan and have the kids more or the kids less and you've lived with it for six to 12 months, right. you might have a different opinion. Right. So I actually urge people to take longer mm-hmm. with the divorce mm-hmm. because then they can kind of normalize their situation. Right. They can sit with it for a while. Make the they best can make decisions. better decisions yeah. in the end. Yeah. And it doesn't have to cost more because some, right. there's a lot of downtime. Right. There's a lot of right. just living with it time. Right. Um, so right. that's my oh, long that's answer great. to your no, that's a great, that's a great uh, way to approach it. Again, from the business point of view, I like to have them at least tell the partners or one other person in their company, if they're an executive, so that they can cover for the executive or the owner being absent. That's really what we're talking about. You know, you're a doctor, you're off, you have someone on call. That's what we're talking about. As far as time period and 
whatnot, we just go with the flow as far as that is concerned. Yeah, they can't really be predicted. No, no. Well, it's good. I imagine that your executive coaching makes people focus more on their goals and achieve better business success. Do you find that's the case? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I just heard from a construction company where they're out of New York State, and I've been coaching them a year and a half, and we are up 421% that's in, in profit. Uh-huh. In profit, yes. So what do I do? I have clients, owners, really focus in on what they need to focus in on. It's a very distracting world. We all know that. And there's a lot of things that people, oh, let's try this, let's try that. I'm like, no, that's jello on the wall. I work with proven strategies, goals, and just have them stick to what I know is going to work for them, their goals. I suggest strategies that will get them there faster. Well, I imagine your finance background helps. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. But it's also, I would say, a little bit of common sense. You, you have to be consistent. And consistency is really important in marketing and advertising and also in achieving a goal in a company. You can't try one thing for one month and switch around because things don't catch up. Uh-huh. You can't tell what's working. What's exactly. Working. You don't give it enough time. Right. And even in your approach of how you're, when you coach a client, you're sending them a direction. They need to stay in that direction yeah. for a while. And we'll see what, you know, I'm pretty sure it'll work. And, I, and it does work. Terrific. Well, thank you, Ellie. It's been really informative. To, I've learned something. I hope my audience has learned something. And I uh, wish you luck in your coaching thank you, experience. Thank you for speaking with me today. Yeah. I appreciate it. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman & Associates. You'll find a confident and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindel at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.